I've developed over 300 people uh, on my own personal team mm -hmm. who are in the top 1% income bracket in the world. Wow. And a lot of people say, wow, you know, that's amazing how you did that. And I said, no, I said, I didn't do that. They did that. All I did was equip them with the tools and the principles that would allow it to happen. See, and what they did is they applied them and they reached beyond their goals. And, and, a lot of, and I said, and I'll tell you why I don't take credit for them. Because I've got the 300 that reached the top 1%, but I've got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands who didn't. And if I take credit for the heroes, I have to take credit for the zeros. And I'm not going to take credit for either one. All I'm going to take credit for is making sure that I took on the responsibility of equipping them with what they needed to know to do what they need to do. And after that, they're responsible for what they do with it. And, and the ones who did made it happen. And that just validated the, the reality that principles will work for anyone, anywhere, anytime, any culture, uh, any economy uh, for the persons who apply them. And so that's been my secret. And I've just done it over and over and over and over again. this episode of the Life and Leadership Connected podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. My name is David Aliena Cruz and I am your host. In this podcast we talk about life purpose, our why that it gives us meaning and direction for what we do in life. We talk about life and leadership. What gives us life? How do we become and continue to be good leaders with great impact on other people? How do we combine life and leadership in a healthy and sustainable way? These are questions we will discuss in this podcast. If you want more information, go to lifeleadershipconnected.com, lifeleadershipconnected.com. I'm your host and coach, David Taliander Cruz. Let's dive right into this episode. Hello, everybody, again. Hello, uh to this uh, new episode of the podcast, Live Financial Connected. Welcome. And today we have a very special guest. It's Dennis Daudel. Dennis Daudel. And who is Dennis? As usually I do, I will give you a short presentation of who, who Dennis is. He's a former school bus driver who, who, uh, who had no business uh, experience whatsoever. Uh, and he, he graduated from college with a, a 1.98 grade point average. But yet, yet he developed a team over over two hundred fifty thousand people worldwide, and he um, uh, and he did that during a time frame of about forty years, and uh, he has worked uh, in more than fifty countries, and he has witnessed and participated in helping people to grow from sickness to health, uh, from poverty to wealth, from hopelessness to hope, uh, from from to be a follower to a leader, and from a leader to be a leader of leaders. And he has also written a, a book uh, uh, over this journey uh, since January, I think, this year. Uh, and um, 
and uh, yeah, uh, uh, Dennis, you can. You, I will give you a chance to talk a bit about the book a bit later. Uh, but he has an enormous uh, success during his life. Uh, we are going to find out today how how this happened. So uh, welcome here, Dennis. Well, David, thanks so much for having me, and what a joy! And and uh, just uh, for your audience that's listening, no, no doubt, obviously, uh, they're already. Uh, in somewhat of a leadership position just for having been on this podcast because obviously they're they're interested in growing they're interested in in learning and and uh, being better and so that in itself says something about the people who are listening so that's a great joy to have this kind of an audience to share a little bit of my story with yeah <laughs> and, and please tell us a little bit, a little bit about your story uh Dennis um uh, this amazing story how how did how did you start? Well, you know, I, uh, when when I uh, went to college, I went to college because I thought I, I had to. You know, I thought I, I thought if I was ever going to have any kind of a a, a lifestyle uh, and uh, freedom in my life, I would have to go to college because that was the deal. You know, you, you go to college and you get a job, and then you become successful because you have a piece of paper. Hmm. Um, well, I I soon learned that wasn't true, <laughs> but. Uh, but, you know, so I, I wasn't a good student. Um, I wasn't a good student of classes. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I discovered is, is I became a good student of people. And, um, and so though I graduated uh, from college with a 1.98 average, uh, it was what I learned from people and about people and who they are and, and uh, what motivates them and and that type of thing that uh, that was really what I got out of college. And um, and when I graduated, I thought, you know, I don't want to get a job, you know, J-O-B job. Um, I, I wanted to have a career. And, and you know, and I'd seen, um, you know, through just different studies and stuff, so many times people, uh, they end up changing their careers, you know, five, six, seven times. In fact, I think the, the average career length, job length, I should say, is I think it's 7.2 years or something to that effect. You know, that every 7.2 years, people are changing their careers. And um, even as I look on a, a number of uh, different uh, business websites and stuff, and I look at people's resumes, you know, I, you'll see five, six, eight, 10, 12 different mm. positions that they've had over the last 20 years. You know, and I mean, for me to fill out my resume, I just put one thing for the last 44 years. I got one. That's it. OK, two. I was a bus driver and then I got into my, my business, you know. Um, but but knowing that, you know, I thought I, I don't want to just get a job where I uh, I go to work and I get it work for a paycheck. I, I wanted to be able to work where I can make a difference for people. And uh, and one thing I, I want to do is. I wanted to travel. When I was in college, I was always looking at National Geographic magazine. And, and I thought, man, I want to travel the world. And so I said, OK, uh, I'm not just going to jump into something. I'm going to take some time. And so that's why I ended up getting this job as a school bus uh, driver, uh, because, you know, I had off in the middle of the day. And, uh, and I was working with college kids at the time, doing some discipling and, and mentoring. Um, you know, as you would call it today, coaching and mentoring they use today. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I thought, well, that'll give me time to get out and see them in their uh, their atmosphere. 
and uh, and give me time to really look into developing a career. And um, well, after a few years, you know, I was coming up on my 30th birthday, and I thought, you know, if I don't get this career thing in line, I'm gonna I'm gonna be done before I get started. And so, <laughs> so I thought, okay, so. I literally I spent seven months and I looked in newspapers and uh, at you know uh, employment agencies and uh, headhunters and you know I did the whole nine yards uh, looking for things and I stumbled across a little ad in the newspaper and David it was the corniest ad you've ever seen probably it said are you making what you're worth I thought what kind of a crazy ad is that you know. But then I thought, I asked myself the question. I said, well, you know, come to think of it, uh, I'm not. I think I'm worth more than, than I'm making. And uh, so it intrigued me. And so I set this appointment uh, to go for what I thought was a one-on-one -on -one interview. I drive an hour and 15 minutes out to Beverly Hills. Okay, I figure, well, if they're in Beverly Hills, it's got to be pretty decent, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I drive out there. And instead of a one-on-one -on -one, uh, uh, interview, they put me in a presentation uh, with about uh, 70 people in a room big enough for 40. And I thought, what am I doing here? What, what is this? You know, and I thought, well, I drove all this way. I'd rather sit here than sit in traffic on the way home because I was in Los Angeles at the time. And uh, so I sit in there and they talked about their product. And I said, okay, that makes sense. People, people want this kind of product. It was in the nutrition industry. And so, you know, people, uh, everybody wants to feel better. Everybody needs more energy and, and almost everybody needed to lose weight, right? So I said, okay, so that, that's a, it's a, you know, a viable product. And, uh, but then they started drawing little squares and circles on the board. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is some kind of sales, right? I'm thinking, I hate sales. I don't like sales. I don't want sales. I'm not doing sales. I'm, I'm out of this place. And fortunately for me, Okay, it was so crowded, I couldn't get out without being very rude. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, when this is over, I'm gone. And yet in the end of that presentation, the founder of the company, a young 24 year old kid, right? Gets up and he says, gang, here's what we're gonna do. He says, we're gonna go out and we're gonna make a difference for people. Customer by customer, city by city, state by state, country by country, we're going around the world. And I thought, whoa, whoa. I've, I've been looking for seven months and those are my two things that I've never found. And this guy just put them in one sentence. And I thought, okay, maybe I better, I opened my ears. I started listening again. Isn't that interesting? You know, you can close your ears to opportunity until all of a sudden you realize something might meet your needs. And I thought, okay, I better open my ears and I better listen one more time. Now explain this to me one more time. How does this actually work? And, um, and it was really interesting because I told him, I said, listen, I hate sales. And he said, well, Denny, he says, aren't, aren't you working with college kids? And I said, well, yeah. And he says, well, what do you do with them? And I said, well, I said, you know, I just kind of, you know, coach them along and, and kind of give them some direction and help them solve problems. And he says, well, he said, uh, do they have weight problems? And I said, Mark, they're in college. I said, have you never heard of the freshman 15 or the freshman 30, you know, first year or so, you know, you're out on your own and you're eating anything you want. And, you know, so people gain weight, it's a common deal, okay. And, um, and I said, of course they do, you know. And he said, well, what about financial problems? I said, Mark, I said, are you kidding? What are you getting at? I said, they're in college. I said, they, everybody has financial problems. That's why we're going to college, right? <laughs> and so anyway, so well, now you have two more problems to solve. 
And you know something, isn't it funny how you can hear different things, but sometimes you hear it from the right person at the right time and the penny drops. Hmm. And when he said that, the penny dropped. I never have to sell anything. All I ever have to do is help people solve problems they have up to that point in time in their life not been able to solve. And I said, that's it. And I said, heck, I'm doing that already. And I just thought, I can give them the solutions. If they don't like my solution, they keep their problem. I keep my product. We're both happy. And, and then as I got involved with the company, what I realized, it was far more people development than uh, selling a product. And, and uh, that's where I specialized. That's where I was good. That was one of my strengths that I had. And so I just said, okay, I said, that's it. I'll just work and build the people and, uh, and help them solve the, the problem they haven't been able to solve. And then all I got to do is teach them how to help other people solve those same kinds of problems. And so that's what it was. And it was just person by person. Literally, it was like he said it was. It was person by person. And then there would be, you know, city by city. And then we started going from state to state. And then we started going from country to country. And um, and so now, you know, I, I've been to 51 countries, five different continents. And uh, and when I go visit uh, these different countries, and I, I spent the last most of the last 25 years, primarily training. You know, I did a lot of work. I built my team in the first 20 years. And then I've been training people, including my team, uh, to develop teams uh, for the last, you know, 25 years. And uh, so anyway, I mean, it's, it's been absolutely amazing. But when I go to some of these countries and I hear some of these stories, these transformations, where people, you know, they they, uh, they get become self confident and they go from just existing to living, and they they all of a sudden they have hope and they see a positive future and they they see that they have an opportunity to make a difference for other people and and they become leaders and then they become leaders of leaders and it and it's just been amazing and I'll hear these stories of transformation mm. and I say, man, how did you get started? You know, and and they tell me. And then I'll find out that they're on my team. They're one of the team members of the people that I've trained. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that's a part of my outreach. That's a part of the, the uh, uh, um, outreach that has happened as a result of the people that I've impacted because they have then continued that process. Mm. And so, you know, and as I look back, if I had to write a job description the ideal job description. And I have my people do that. When I'm coaching, I say, hey, write down your ideal job description. If you could, I mean, if you could do exactly what you wanted, when you wanted, where you wanted, how you wanted, with who you wanted, I said, write it down. And now let's compare that to where you've been, what you're doing right now. And then let's compare what can be in the future, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, but this is it. What I've been doing for the last 40 four years is is the ideal for me and uh, and of course then it's just been recently in the last uh, you know year where i began saying well you know i've been able to have this impact just working within one business area one industry 
what would happen if I expanded outside of my industry? So hmm. that's kind of my new venture. You know, hmm. we've always got to keep growing. That's part of leadership. You know, uh, I always say, you know, leaders are learners and learners are leaders. Hmm. And so there's that learning process. And so I'm learning a whole lot of new things now, David. It's been hmm. really amazing, including even being on podcasts like this. I've, I've never, hmm. never been here before. <laughs> so it's that's very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, you spoke about that they have uh, the, the people you met they had uh, transformed. I'm not thinking you may. I mean, you made a, a huge transformation from bus driver to to, to the place you are today. Uh, for many people, it might seem an incredible story. Uh, and it, uh, could you see that? Uh, what possibility possibilities can you see that another person can do that a similar journey? Well, you know, that's is probably one of the things that people want most. You know, uh, they hear a lot of amazing stories from, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of your personal development gurus and, and this kind of thing. Um, and they say, you know, well, that's great for them, but but what about me? Could I do that? Mm -hmm. And And you know something? What I discovered is that anybody can become successful if they just follow the right people and learn to make the right decisions. And I, I think one of the things that has been a, a key to my success is uh, getting myself around the right people. You know, they say that your income is the average of your five closest friends. <laughs> and, um, and I got that early on in my life. And, uh, and primarily from the founder of this company who became my first real mentor. And, uh, and he taught me a way of thinking. He taught me to develop a, a philosophy and approach to life that was very different. <clears throat> and so uh, I learned some things from him. Later on, I, I had the opportunity to become acquainted with Jim Rohn. He's a world-renowned um, personal development guru. Uh, we became personal friends. He was a mentor to me. Uh, I mean, I'd seen him in seminars uh, early on in the, the early 80s, but in the late 80s, uh, 1986, uh, he became a personal mentor for me from uh, 1986 until 2009 when he passed on. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he really taught me the value of uh, personal development and the necessity and, and, and the difference that it can make. And so when you get around people like this, and here's what's amazing. These people would love to spend time with you if you're serious about, you know, what you want to do. Uh, you know, when I've looked for people, I, there's only two things I've ever looked for when I'm looking for somebody to spend time with or coach or uh, help develop their, their lives or their business. And the first thing is I'm looking for is I, I want somebody who has desire. If you don't have a desire to make a change, if you don't have a desire to get better, I can't help you. And, and the second thing I want, as I say, you can have the desire, but you need the work habits. You need to have work habits. You need to be, take those desires and put them in action. You know, traction takes action. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, and these, these men uh, have spent time with me because they knew I was serious. Uh, and and I've had five key mentors in my life, and I learned their principles. Now, I will never be who they are. They are special. They are unique. They are 
still to this point, so far beyond me. And I, so I, I will never become them, but I can take the principles that they taught me and apply them. And see, that's the beauty about principles uh, of successful people, of people who have accomplished what uh, our audience uh, wants to accomplish. They've been there, they've done that, and they're willing to share. And the principles that they use are applicable to everyone. Principles, they don't care what your education is. They don't care what your background is. They don't care what culture you come from. They don't care what your, you know, your religion is. They don't care what your education is. They don't care anything about anything. Principles work, but they only work if you apply them. So anyone who will apply the principles can make progress in the right direction. And the speed doesn't make any difference. I, I, for me, I always tell people, listen, I don't care where you are right now. I really don't. Listen, I, I've, I've dealt with people straight out of jail, you know, and, and who've had a, a corrupt, miserable life. I don't care. I don't care about where you've been. What I want to know is where do you want to go? See, you, you know, forget the past. You, you can't change the past anyway. But you can begin today and you can change the future just by learning to make better decisions. I can teach you. I can equip you. Now, once I teach you and once I equip you with the principles, it's up to you to apply them. See, David, I've developed over 300 people on my own personal team who are in the top 1% income bracket in the world. Wow. And a lot of people say, wow, you know, that's amazing how you did that. And I said, no, I said, I didn't do that. They did that. All I did was equip them with the tools and the principles that would allow it to happen, see? And what they did is they applied them and they reached beyond their goals. And, and, a lot of, and I said, and I'll tell you why I don't take credit for them. Because I've got the 300 that reached the top 1%, but I've got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands who didn't. And if I take credit for the heroes, I have to take credit for the zeros. And I'm not going to take credit for either one. All I'm going to take credit for is making sure that I took on the responsibility of equipping them with what they needed to know to do what they need to do. And after that, they're responsible for what they do with it. And, and the ones who did made it happen. And that just validated the, the reality that principles will work for anyone, anywhere, anytime, any culture, uh, any economy uh, for the persons who apply them. And so that's been my secret. And I've just done it over and over and over and over again. Wow. Amazing. That's work. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, uh, usually in this podcast, uh, we have four questions that I ask uh, my guests. And uh, the first one I ask today is like this. Uh, what gives you purpose and meaning in life what is your why your purpose your motivation for what you do and i will rephrase that question a little bit for you dennis uh, tell us of the purpose in your life uh, that has taken you where you are today and the role it has played in your life purpose well i mean uh, practically speaking from uh, uh, what people in the business world would understand mm. uh, you know it's it simply I, I want to be able to make a difference for people mm. And um, 
And, and so that's that's been my key. My key purpose is to make a difference for people. My key pleasure was to travel the world. But the purpose behind the purpose uh, for me is I want to honor uh, God, my creator. <laughs> and I mean, that that's me. Listen, you know, people can do whatever they want, but that's been my motivation. That's been my uh, repayment for who he is and what he's done. And, and in fact, that's, that's a question that I ask people um, when they want to understand their purpose. And, and people need to have a purpose. And, and, and that's why I'm, I think it's a, such a brilliant question to begin with, David. Uh, we need to understand what our purpose is, because if we don't have a purpose, then we have no boundaries. We have no direction. You know, we're designed for purpose, not pleasure, by the way. <laughs> now, pleasure comes from fulfilling our purpose, but we're designed for purpose. And so our purpose gives us the boundaries. It gives us the direction. It, it keeps us focused. It tells us where I spend my time and what I read and where I go and what I do and, and what, what I spend my time and energy with, what I spend my money on. And so uh, so it, it's really vital for us to uh, you know, grasp a hold of our purpose. And so the question I ask people, I just ask, I say, you know, at this phase in your life, who do you view God to be? Now, there can be some people say, well, I don't believe in God. Okay, that's great. So in your view, at this phase in your life, you to be, you view God to be non-existent. So if you view God to be non-existent, then, then you are your God. You are the one who's going to, you know, uh, say who you are and where you came from and what you're here for. You're going to determine all that. And uh, and so, you know, that's OK. I mean, some people and we've, all, we've seen this all the time. Some people, God is their money. You know, uh, some people, families are their God. You know, because the families determine who they are, where they go, what they do, what they spend their time with. And so, you know, but so I like to go back to the origin. In other words, where, you know, not only who is God, but then where did I come from? Am I, did I just come from some protoplasmic blob and, and uh, develop myself into highly intelligent form? I mean, you know, uh, is that how it is? Or was I created? See, there's a whole difference in purpose. If we just think we're some uh, evolutionary, uh, you know, uh, process that developed out of a, a nothing, you know, I mean, it, you know, I mean, does uh, everything come from nothing? You know, does does uh, highly intelligent uh, matter develop itself from non-intelligent form? I mean, is, is, does that? I mean, that's what they have to think. You see, and so. Um, for me, it just makes a whole lot more sense with all the evidence that I've seen. When I look at the heavens, I look at the earth, I see the organization, I see the meticulous design of everything. <clears throat> it only made sense to me. So I went with the creation direction. Now, if they don't want to, great. You know, they just have to follow the, the pattern because, you know, uh, there's a way that seems right on the man, but then they have to follow the way out. They have to follow the pattern. They have to follow what that what that actually means. And so, um, so that's really important. Uh, and so that's what I want to do. I just want to say, hey, thank you. I I want people to know what you can do through me, 
you know, and so that they will better understand who you are and what you've done. Because you're, he's amazing. <laughs> he just is. You know, I mean, hmm. I mean, there's nobody better. Hmm. You know, nobody I could be closer to. So, uh, and so that's what I do. That's my that's my ultimate purpose. And the pleasure is being able to take that to other people and say, hey, you know something? There is a purpose. There is a design. There is a direction. And and I can help you develop that. You know, and and their their design and direction is entirely different than mine. Hmm. I mean, you know, because they have different talents, skills, gifts, and abilities. You see. And, and that's, you know, that's why, and by the way, that's why they're important hmm. because we all have different talents, skills, gifts, and abilities. Hmm. Um, we all have a different DNA, you know, hmm. we're all distinctly unique. Hmm. And because of that, see, and this is why I kind of come back to this creation, because think about it. Everybody knows about fingerprints, right? Hmm. <laughs> you know, fingerprints, there's, there's what, 8 billion different fingerprints on planet earth. Right. And it distinguishes us. Back in 1986, they discovered DNA. Whoa, now we're talking, right? DNA, 8 billion different DNAs that distinguish us from every other human being on planet Earth. Do you know we have unique eye prints? I don't know if you ever uh, talked to an iridologist or what, but we have unique eye prints. Every eye print is different. Every voice print is different. If you ever watch Mission Impossible, you know, they, they can detect, you know, all these things that they have out there. Listen, it's all real. That we have distinct voice prints, you see. And here's something I discovered a while back, about two years ago, talking to a doctor. You know that we all have unique heartbeats? Right. Eight billion different heartbeats. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's scientifically. Scientifically, statistically, factually, that is just true that we know that to be true. But what does that really mean? It means I feel things different. I see things different. I express things different. I have different passions, right? So, so all of those unique uh, aspects, and then you add to that my background, my experiences, the things that I've been through. Nobody has been through everything that, you or anyone else has ever been through it. That's all dis distinct. We all have distinct uh, family patterns, uh, uh, parental patterns, educational patterns. It's all different. So when you take all of those things together, it, dis it, it magnifies our uniqueness. And that is where we can contribute to uh, ourselves, our family, our friends, our society, our country, our cultures. Because nobody can, nobody has the same perspective that we do. And that's why all of us needs each of us. And each of us needs all of us because there's that many differences. Mm. You know, I mean, so, uh, so I think that's just a huge part of, of, of you know, getting ourselves set up mm. to be able to, to maximize my potential. Mm. And we each have a phenomenal potential. I mean, you know, what do they say? We use such a small percentage of our brain, mm. you know, and there's so much that we can do. Mm. And, and it just comes down to a matter of following just a, you know, a, a handful of very simple principles. And if we follow them, it's just how life works. Mm. And, and when we follow them, all of a sudden it begins to make sense out of life. See that what, people believe in anything they want. I'd say, okay, you know, 
How does that make sense out of life, though? How does that make sense out of evil? How does that make sense out of corruption? How does that make sense out of, you know, all the things that are going on in the world? Mm -hmm. See, what I've discovered is uh, I've got answers to those questions. Mm -hmm. And it all makes sense. And it's all the pieces seem to fit together just brilliantly. And if you don't like it, that's okay. But you're going to suffer the consequences of, you know, whatever belief system you follow. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's that makes it okay. You know, yeah. it's okay. You know, people don't agree with me. I don't I really don't care. I mean, you know, I'm just here to provide what I've got. If it makes sense, as much sense to you as it does for me, if it makes 10 percent of the difference for you as it has for me, you're going to be very excited. Hmm. Yeah, you, you spoke about your purpose and how important yeah. it is for you. And but a, a person that wants to be successful, uh, how would you? Uh, rate the importance of purpose to be successful? Well, if you don't know what your purpose is, then, uh, you know, uh, you might be using a hammer to, and try to, uh, you know, screw in a, a, you know, a bolt. See, so you've got to have your purpose so that you can, you know, use your talent, skills and, and uh, abilities for the right reason. See, things have a different purpose. The sun has a purpose. The moon has a purpose. The ocean has a purpose. Trees have a purpose. You know, everything has a purpose. And so we just got to be able to discover my purpose so that I can make sure that I live my life according to my purpose. You know, to use a hammer, try to use a hammer or try to use a screwdriver as a hammer, it's not going to work very well. <laughs> you might cause more damage to the what you're using and see and so that's why purpose is important you know because and then what's brilliant is all the talent skills gifts and abilities are designed uh for us to fulfill our purpose you know and so if i'm not geared uh clear on my purpose then i don't know how to adequately use those gifts and abilities i might be using them for the wrong thing mm. it's, you know i mean TV and computers and stuff like that, they're brilliant, right? Mm. If you use them for the right purpose. But the mm. thing is, is we can use TV and computers and things like that for a lot of bad, evil, wicked things too. Yeah. So we do, we just need to make sure that we use, you know, our lives for the reason they were designed mm. so that we can maximize our potential. Mm. And that's where personal development comes in. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh Another question we ask here uh, is uh, about leadership. Uh, we talked about it already a little bit. The question is, tell me about your leadership of yourself and others and about some challenges and milestones that have shaped you and the person you are today and the most important lessons you have learned as a leader. And I'm thinking, uh, Dennis, uh, I mean, um, your leadership has resulted in a team of about 250,000 people in, in, in like worldwide. Um, and I'm thinking, well, what are what are the major breakthroughs in leadership that made you that made that that possible? For you, for you, you know that you're asking some great questions, David, and and uh, because I think that these are questions that I think your audience wants to know. I think these are questions that everybody wants to know. I think people would uh, love to be leaders if they thought they could. And um, and what I've learned over the process, you know, we see, you know, big leaders, we may think of military leaders or political leaders or, you know, that type of thing, you know, leaders in 
charitable contributions and that kind of thing, charity um, uh, venues and so forth. But uh, leaders, and, and this was really helpful for me. And this is one of the things that the, the founder of uh, our, the company, my company, uh, uh, really taught to me is a leader just has to be one step ahead of the person he's leading. And all of that, I take a step and I say, hey, I've just took this step. This is what you need to do. Take another step. This is what you need to do. This is why leaders have to continue the learning process. Because the more you learn, then you can lead. You learn, then you lead. You learn, then you lead. And um, and so it, it, it's uh, just really being one step ahead of the next person. And, and really, but when you look at it, a, a leader needs to know what they want and they need to know uh, where they're going and then they need to know how they're going to get there. And so when you know that, you say, okay. And that that's what impressed me with, with Mark Hughes. I mean, this 24-year-old kid, ninth grade education, right? But when I heard him talk and tell his story as to why he started the company and what he wanted to do, I'm thinking, man, this kid, he knows exactly what he wants. He knows exactly where he's going. And from what I can tell, he seems to know exactly how he's going to get there. And I thought, man, that's the kind of guy I want to follow. I mean, think about it. Who wants to follow somebody going nowhere? <laughs> hey, you want to come? You want to come with me? Where are you going? Oh, I don't know. Well, then I don't know if I want to come. <laughs> you know, so a leader needs to know where they're going and, and they need to know, you know, how they're going to get there. And so uh, that's really, you know, a key factor. What do I want? See? And so that's a huge part. And then really, one of my mentors taught me this, and I thought it was brilliant. He said, a leader simply needs three things. He needs to know what's next, why it's important, okay? and then how do I take the current resources that I have available to me to solve the problems at hand? That's it. Yeah. And so anyone can be a leader if they know, if they're one step ahead, and then, so if they're one step ahead, they know what's next for the person behind them, right? But they, they need to know why it was important. Why is that important? How is this going to help us fulfill our purpose? Because if it doesn't help me fulfill my purpose, it's out. I mean, if you really want to get successful in a hurry, you've got to be able to eliminate things that aren't going to help you fulfill your purpose, fulfill your mission. Now, it could be a good thing. It could be a very good thing. But if it doesn't help you accomplish your purpose, then it's out. Listen, if you know, there's some great violinists in the world. I mean, you know, there's some great tenors, singers in the world, you know. Uh, but <clears throat> if you want to be an Olympic gold medal winner, okay, in the decathlon, I wouldn't study violin. You know, violin's a good thing, right? But it's not going to help me win a gold medal on the decathlon. So you see what I'm saying? So we've got to say, okay, this is out, this is in. And and so when, when I know that, then I can help somebody in this endeavor. Hmm. I can only help somebody get to where they want to go, you know, 
if the, you know if, uh, if if I've been there or if I have experience there. Listen, I can't help somebody build a hundred story building. I've never been there. <laughs> okay, you yeah. talk to an engineer, talk to a, a, an architect. Okay, mm. but don't talk to me. I'll I'll, I'll direct you to some people. Mm. And this again is why we all need each other for mm. the many facets of life. And so leadership is just really that simple. And, and by the way, it has nothing to do with education. The leader of our company had a ninth grade education. Hmm. Think of this. There is a plane getting ready to go down to South uh, America uh, for a huge uh, industry uh, convention. And uh, they're going from New York down to, to, to South America. And at the last minute, one of the board members uh, had a, a friend of his who was a native in a tribe, one of the uh, jungle tribes down there in the area where they were going. And, uh, and they said, uh, listen, I'd like to have this gentleman join our flight. Well, this guy's a, you know, big time operator. He's, you know, owner and founder of these companies. And, you know, they've got their PhDs and their CEOs and chairmen of the boards and all these people, right? And, you know, they got their Brooks Brothers and all their, you know, fancy suits and all these, you know, $500,000, $2,000, $3,000 suits. <clears throat> this guy climbs on the plane. And, you know, they kind of look and they say, oh, oh, that's the guy. That's the guy, right? And when they're going into South Africa, when they, just before they land, they have problem with the plane. And the plane crashes. Hmm. Fortunately, everybody survives. And they're in the middle of the jungle where this guy's tribe is from. And so everybody survives, but they're still in the middle of nowhere. All these brilliantly educated, successful leaders of corporations and industries on the plane. Who knows what to do next? The native. Who knows why it's important? The native. And who can take the appropriate resources that they have available to solve the immediate problems at hand? Who's the leader on the plane? <laughs> yeah. You see, so this, this so illustrates the yeah. fact that, you know, all that can be valuable for your particular industry, but it's not necessary to be a leader. No, that's true. And, and, and so this is vital. And, and this is something for us to understand because all of us can be leaders. The question is, where are we going to lead people? Mm, yeah. We want to help lead people to accomplish what they want to accomplish. I'll take somebody as far as I can take them. But if somebody wants to move into an area that's beyond me, I, I've been around long enough where I know people you know, in those areas, I'll pass them on to the next person. Mm. I've fulfilled my purpose for this individual. I've taken that guy as far as I can take them. And now I'll say, let me introduce you to and and that's where our interconnection, you know, is so valuable, hmm. you know, yeah. and uh, and it makes all the difference in the world. So anybody can be a leader. They just have to figure, okay, who, you know, what's my purpose? Who am I? Where am I going? What do hmm. I want to accomplish? Hmm. And then just start moving in the direction. It's not where you're at, and it's not how long it takes. It's just what direction are you going in? That's yeah. the key. Yeah. Hmm. Um, another question here. Uh, um, what would have been some of the challenges you, you experienced as a leader and how did you experience them? I'm thinking early on in your leadership career and later uh, and lessons learned. 
Oh, boy. You know, uh, in our social media uh, uh, world that we live in today, you know, you go on the social media sites and all you see are the heroes. All you see is, oh, they look so nice and oh, we're here. And listen, your social media site, you would think that they're the happiest, most successful person on mm. the planet. Mm. Everything is incredible and wonderful. But mm. what we don't see is we don't see the story behind the story. Yeah. We don't see the story, the person behind the pictures. Mm. And because we can we can make people think anything we want from the social media mm. and in different industries, whether it's in real estate, whether it's in uh, construction or whether whatever industry you're in, uh, you know, a lot of times we hear these zero to hero stories, mm. you know, but here's what I've learned. There's no success stories like this. OK, success stories go like this, like this, like this, like this like this, and then they go around like this, mm. you know, listen, people are all over the, the place. And I, I mean, I, I've known people, a, a good buddy of mine, he he took off and became a, an incredibly successful, but he was a zero for 13 years, mm. right? So his over, and, but within the next three years, he had a tremendous amount of success. Mm -hmm. But those last three years never would have happened without the first 13. Oh, yes. Mm. And so he said, this overnight success, you know, took me 17 years to, to happen. Mm. <laughs> and and mm. people forget that. Mm. And, um, and, and the key here is we've got to learn the lessons from the experiences that we go through because they're unique. Mm. And, and a lot of them are unique to us. Now, we may go through a lot of the same problems, but they affect us uniquely because we're in a different place with a different background and different experiences and so mm. forth. So uh, it can affect us different. Uh, but the question, a lot of people ask why. Mm. We need to stop asking why and start asking what. Not why did this happen, but what can I learn from it? Mm. See, we can't change the past but we can learn from it. Hmm. And as the saying goes, if you don't learn from the past, you'll repeat it. So best we learn the lessons. Hmm. And, and, and so that's where the value comes in. That's why there's never any failures. There's only lessons. You know, Thomas Edison, they said it took him 10,000 failures to, to uh, invent the light bulb. No, he said it took 10,000 lessons. Mm -hmm. See, it's a it's a perspective, yeah. and 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 so that's the kind of thing we need to have a, a you know a, a better perspective, and 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 there was a time and listen, my career it was like that, and listen, in in 1985, uh, I had, I mean I had really I mean I went through a little bit of this, and you know, but then things really took off, and I, I was I was making major money, I was making more money in a month than. 15 years driving a school bus, 15 annual incomes from driving a school bus. And, um, and so, I mean, it was just um, um, amazing. And I bought my first million dollar home. <laughs> I closed escrow on March 1st. And on March 8th, our company got attacked. Oh. And we got majorly attacked. I mean, Every major TV network, radio news station, I mean, all across America, we were headline news hmm. about our company. 
And our company crashed. I mean, it wasn't one of these things. It was like, zoom. my income. I, I, I hadn't even made my first payment on my home. This was a week after I closed escrow. Hmm. This crash hit. David, my income dropped 86% in two months. Hmm. My expenses didn't. My expenses just went through the roof. Hmm. So the question is, what are you going to do? What are you going to, how are you going to deal with that? You see? And, and so I, and here's what I learned when dealing with difficulties, when dealing with difficulties, we've got to make, listen, when difficulties comes, it means there are unexpected changes. Okay. You know, we generally don't get advanced notice. Okay. You're going to have a big problem on Thursday, you know? And we don't get to schedule our problems. No. Okay, let's move all the problems to Friday so we can have a good Monday through Thursday. No, we don't get to schedule problems. They come unexpectedly. They come in variations of, of uh, intensity, length, mm. uh, and, and difficulty and everything else. Mm. So there's nothing I can do about that. I can't change that. Okay, so what I've got to do, and this is key in overcoming difficulties, I've got to stop and take an assessment. Okay, this has changed, that's changed, this has changed, but what hasn't changed? Mm. David, this is vital for getting through difficulties. I have to ask myself, what hasn't changed? Mm. And so I started looking, I said, okay, all these things have changed. Okay, what hasn't changed? Well, the product hasn't changed. The plan hasn't changed. The need hasn't changed. My purpose hasn't changed. The vision hasn't changed. My goals haven't changed. And I haven't changed. My work habits haven't changed. Hmm. So I took all the things that haven't changed hmm. and I began to use those. I said, okay, now I'm going to have to make some adjustments, but I've got to take all the things that haven't changed to develop and adapt to the things that have changed. Hmm. See, and the, the classic illustration of that is the Apollo 13 uh, moon mission. When they took off, they were going to the moon, but they had some unexpected uh, problems uh, through this explosion that caused major damage. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, and the only way that they were going to get back to Earth was they had to go around the moon because they don't have reverse on those spaceships, you know, so they had to go around the moon. And so that means they had to take the time to do that. And they only had X amount of uh, time worth of oxygen. Mm -hmm on the spaceship in order to survive. So they had to go all the way around the moon on a very small amount of oxygen. So they had to figure out a lot of different things. So the commander at, at uh, NASA, uh, command control, you know, uh, they, they brought everybody, all the major people into the, uh, this room and they had a big table and they said, gentlemen, ladies, this is what we have on that spacecraft. And we have to create this item, basically, we have to put the square peg in the round hole. And all we have to be able to create that is what's on the table, because that's the only thing that's on that spacecraft. Mm. So we have to take what we do have and create what we don't have. And by the way, if you don't get this done in three and a half hours, we have three dead astronauts. Mm. So talk about some pressure, mm. right? But that's exactly what they did. They took what they did have 
to create what they didn't have. Mm. And that's exactly what we need to do when we're going through the difficulty. Mm. Remember what hasn't changed and then take what I do have to create what I don't have. Mm. And as a result of that, we survived. Wow. And we thrived. And we've gone, you know, uh, five times beyond, mm. actually almost 10 times beyond where we were at that point in time. Hmm. So, you know, um, you know, we can't predict those things. We've got to be ready for them, hmm. you know, and that's the way I've been able to get through those difficulties. But you know what that did for me, David? Hmm. It made me more valuable hmm. because now I can help people who are in the midst of extreme difficulties, hmm. setbacks. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Great. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I'm think we're going to take a short break here uh, for for some uh, information, and then we'll be, we'll be right back. Okay, dear viewers and listeners, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you want coaching and be coached towards purpose, be equipped for life and leadership, or find ways to a balanced life, then go to lifeleadershipconnected.com, lifeleadershipconnected.com for more information, and to sign up for a free consultation call. I am your coach, David Taliendra Cruz. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back to the Life Leadership Connected podcast. We're interviewing Dennis Dowdell. We'll continue with the questions. Another question here, Dennis, is like this. Tell me about what gives you life within the area of focus you have chosen to spend most of your time in, in your life and how you keep your energy at high level day by day. Uh, and to rephrase that question, especially for you, Dennis, what has given you life and energy to keep you going every day as a leader? And also, where have you found restoration? Course, wow, great, yeah. great question. I, I don't know. I've been asked that before. You know, it, it's, um, I, I tell you, it, it ultimately comes back to purpose. Hmm. And, um, you know, the thing that gives me that energy, it's, it's a natural energy, by the way. Hmm. You know, um, if you have to get up and go to work uh, at a job that you dread, you're not real motivated or excited. But when you wake up, you know, saying, who am I going to meet today? Who am I going to have the opportunity to impact today? Who can I influence today? Uh, you know, uh, you know, that gives you hope for the day. And, and the, the thing that just continues, I mean, to give me that uh, resiliency and, and the, the drive to be able to jump out of bed, it's, it, Ultimately, it comes down to results, doesn't it? Mm. You know, Jim Rohn used to say, results is the name of the game. Mm. And, uh, and so when you see the results of transformations of people, when you see all of a sudden people developing, you know, a, a positive outlook and a better perspective, and, and when you see people beginning to make hard decisions that are beneficial for them and their families, uh, and, and they're willing to, to make the effort to make hard decisions. Uh, and you watch that transformation of their lives uh, where they become effective. Uh, you know, that's the greatest joy. You know, when, when you reach a, a position in, in uh, our company, that's one thing. Hmm. But when somebody you're working with reaches that position, you know, when you get a position, you'll get a pin. Hmm. But when you can take that pin and you can put it on the lapel of one of your team or one of your 
mentor, mentees, you know, one of the people that you're working with, when you can put that pin on their lapel because they've accomplished it, listen, it's far more joyful, you know, giving them the pin than it is receiving the pin hmm. because I had a part in it. Hmm. You know, I got to influence them. And so that's the kind of thing that's uh, exciting. That's the kind of thing that gets you through the difficult times. You know, when we run into difficult times, we have to set, we have to, in fact, I tell people, keep a positive progress list. And even in the beginning, I'll say, listen, I want you to write down everything positive, everything every great accomplishment that you've, uh, that you've had in your life up to this point in time. Make a list. Maybe it's two things. Okay, let's put two things down because we're going to add to that list. And, and, and so we, we keep that. And so when those hard times come and the self-doubt comes and the lack of confidence sneaks in, and by the way, do you know the majority of leaders deal with doubt? It's amazing. We do. It's lonely at the top. <laughs> you know, it is, you know, and so doubt can creep in. But but that's when you go back to this positive progress list and say, OK, what have I accomplished? Who have I helped? What have I made happen? And we go back through those things. Oh, OK, that's right. And that was tough to do. And I went through difficulties in. And but look what I did. I made it through. I stuck it out and I made it through it. And I'm going to make it through this, too. Hmm. You see, and so those are. Uh, just valuable things to do it. But, but that's what keeps me going. It's just, it's just the results. Listen, if, if I stop getting results, when, when does a, when does an athlete retire? When all his results disappear? Hmm. I mean, if, if he, if he, if he goes from, you know, batting, you know, 350 down to batting 150, it's time to get out of the game. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, Okay, um, another question here. Uh, tell me how you successfully combine your role as a leader of yourself and other people and your, healthy, and your life as a healthy human being. Uh, what challenges and, and success factors? Basically, what I'm asking, um, usually some people, uh, they, they work a lot and, uh, and they don't take time for rest. Uh, and uh, so how do, you, how do you combine your, your role as a leader and, and uh, like a family life or a life for yourself? Well, you know, it's probably one of the more powerful questions you've asked because people can get so focused uh, on reaching their goals hmm. that they miss the objective. Hmm. You know, they, they want to succeed in life and business so that they can have freedom, so that they can have a lifestyle. Mm. Uh, and uh, be able to do things that they want, when they want, where they want, with who they want. Mm. And yet, if they spend all their time uh, focused on work and not focused on the other areas of our life, we have a very lopsided life. Mm. There are seven areas of life. We have the uh, family. We have financial. We have personal we have professional, we have physical, mm. we have spiritual, and we have social. Mm. Now, if all those points are on a on a wheel, okay, and all the attention is on the professional, and all the others are flat, how well is that wheel going to roll? Mm. 
not very well. Yeah. Uh, I've known people. They wanted a better family life. They wanted better, uh, you know, uh, experience for their kids and, and a better life for their kids. And so they're willing to work hard. They spent so much time uh, working, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, seven days a week, no vacations, no rest. They reached their goals, but they missed the objective because their family has left. Their kids don't want to talk to them anymore. Uh, all the rest of their areas of their life are in a disaster. Hmm. And so they, they reached their goal, but they missed the objective. Hmm. And it's such a sad, sad thing. Hmm. And so it's important for us to, to be able to have a balance hmm. in our life. And, you know, um, <laughs> the, the, the theory from the beginning, you know, they say that there's the old six and one theory. Work six days, rest one. Hmm. Right. We've all heard that. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the one is not optional. The one day, it's not optional. It's essential. It's a necessity in order to be able to refresh ourselves, to come back refreshed. Hmm. This is why we need to take vacations. This is why we need to take breaks, see, so that we can refresh ourselves. So it's an essential part hmm. of succeeding in a balanced hmm. of our life. Hmm. And, and, and that's vital. And we need to understand, uh, you know, how valuable that is, because if we don't keep things in balance, uh, you know, then then we lose. Yeah. How how did you keep that balance, uh, Dennis, or, uh, or or not keep it, or how did you manage? That? Well, you know that <laughs> there there's the saying: you you need to finish the day before you start it. Mm. Uh, in other words, you need to know what you need to get done all that day. You need to have it all laid out. Okay, here's my time frame. Uh, here's here's my list, right? Now, things come up and you don't get it all done, but we need to move in that direction. So we need to finish the day before we start it. We need to finish the week before we start it. We need to finish the month before we start it. And we need to finish the year before we start it. And the reason I say that is because we need to say, okay, what are the things that are vitally important to my life And in order to maximize my potential, to maximize my life, if I'm going to maximize my life, I don't want to maximize one area of my life. I want to maximize my whole life. Mm. So therefore, at the beginning of the year, I, I've got to say, what is valuable to me? What is the an essential for me? In other words, what are the boulders? Okay. Okay. In other words, vacation, family vacation. That's an essential. Uh, marriage retreat. That's an essential, okay? There's certain things in my life that, okay, these are essentials. So you put them on the calendar first, the rocks, the big boulders. Hmm. Then we say, okay, what are things that I want to do? And then you put those in. So you have your rocks, then you have your pebbles, then you have your sand, and then you have the water. Hmm. See? Now, if you put the water in first and then you pour the sand in and then you you know put the pebbles in, you try to put the rocks in last, hmm. that's not going to work. No. So there so that's what I mean by balance. We've hmm. got to, and that's why I mean you've got to finish the year, the month, the week and the day before you start it. Hmm. What are the most important things? If I could only get one thing done this year, if I could only get one thing done this month, if I could only get one thing done uh, today, 
What's that one thing? What's the essential? See, and so if we don't do it in advance, I mean, listen, if you don't plan your day, your month, your, your year, your life, guess what? Someone else will plan it for you. Hmm. Guess what they got planned? Not much. Hmm. <laughs> so, so best we do it ourselves. Yeah. And don't let circumstances and other people plan our life out for us. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you. It's so, been so valuable these uh, advice and, and uh, teachings that you've given and and, uh, and knowledge and wisdom, I would say, uh, from your life. Um, uh, is there anything else that you would like to add to this that we haven't spoken about that's dear to your heart uh, to speak to leaders or like that? Well, you know, one of one of my little mantras is I like to say I build people and people build business, people build lives. Mm -hmm. And so if we can build into people and, and, and that's why I think uh, developing our people skills is one of the most valuable assets that a person can uh, possess. Mm -hmm. And um, and a couple little just uh, principles that I've learned that's been a tremendous asset. And, and, and it's the reason I've been able to build people is because of these certain people skills. And the first one is just simply, you know, being interested more than interesting. Mm. Strive to be interested more than interesting. We think I need to be interesting, especially if I'm going into a crowd where I don't know people. Oh, I need to, you know, wear the right clothes and say the right things and have my hair done. You know, I've got to have all the right sayings. I've got to have, I, I need to be as interesting as possible. Mm. No, not true. The, the, the key is to be interested hmm. okay? and, and, and be interested in other people. Learn to ask questions about them. Hmm. And, and here, here's what I've learned. You know, if you're interested in people, uh, then people remember you. Hmm. Nobody like when somebody sees the arrogant, self-centered, narcissistic person coming through the door, they'd all oh, know, here he is again. Who wants to spend time with that guy? Hmm. But when somebody comes in the door and says, that guy's always interested in, in me and who I am and what I'm doing and how I am and how my family, he's so interested. That's the guy they want to listen to. That's the guy they want to spend time with. Mm -hmm. And so here's the irony, irony of it all. Mm -hmm. When we're interested, we automatically become interested. Mm -hmm. right, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because I'm not one really that... Um, I'm not the real social uh, extrovert. I'm really more of an introvert. And so that's where I learned the, the concept of being interested. I said, well, I, I just ask a few questions. People, you know, they like to talk about what they know about and they know more about themselves than they know about anything. Hmm. So if I can ask them about them, I'm asking for something that they already know about. So they're not going to feel weird because they know that the best. And I ask them about those things and then they get to express themselves. You know, most people don't get to express themselves. They don't get they don't get a chance to see, and so I give them that opportunity, and then I walk away, and they say, you know, that guy he's the most interesting guy, and I haven't said anything. I've just asked a few questions that I was yeah. interested in them, mm. and so that's a real key, mm. you know. And so many people are so, especially in our opinionated society that we live in today, everybody's got an opinion, and I always say, you know, they said you should this and you should that and all these kind of things, and I say, you know. We need to replace all shoulds with coulds. Instead of saying you should do this or you should do that or you should be here or you should think this way, 
we should say, you know, you could see this, you could do that. See, you could you you could go to this event, you could make that happen, you could write a book. See, you could be a good leader. See, when you say you should, guess what people say? Guess what runs through their mind? They say, when you say, you know, you you should you should go to this event. Yeah? Why should I? Hmm. Right? Who are you to tell me? Right? Yeah. But when you say, you know, you can make it to that, you can make it to that event. And you could get so much out of it. I could. How? But you don't understand, I don't have any money. How could I? Oh, yeah, but you still, you could do it. Really? See, when you say you could, people, that evokes how. Hmm. See, you could write a book. Oh, I could? Yeah, you could. How can I do that? I, I flunked English three, two times. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You see, so, you know, I, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, you say you should this, you should that. My understanding is nobody likes to be should on. No, you know, no. so, you know, but, you know, could gives them hope. Could says you have confidence and could says you have possibilities. Could says you have potential. Mm. See, could is so different than should. And it's only one letter. Yeah, that's true. So I, yeah. I think that's something for us to, to go for and see what we can see, how we can impact other people. And uh, if we help enough people get what they want, we get everything that we want. Yeah, great, great. Uh, finally, you, your your book that you've written, uh, Dennis, tell us a little bit about your book. What is the name of it? Uh, well, the name of the book is well, here. The name of the book is uh, Max Maximizing You, and um, and basically what this is, it's a. Um, let's see. Here. So you can hold it up a little bit higher. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, here we go. There you yeah. go. Yes, yes. Yeah. So what it is, it's it's 45 principles that I've uh, used over the last, uh, you know, 44 years in developing my team. You know, the principles of purpose, the principles of person, uh, personal development, the principles of mindset, the principles of people skills and leadership and balance. You know, those are the six sections here that, that you kind of go through. Uh, because if we get all of those accomplished and all of those in balance, um, that's what allowed me to do what I did. Listen, I, listen, anybody could do that. Not, not anybody wants to, but anybody could because the principles will work regardless of your industry, regardless of your background, regardless of your culture or anything else. The principles work. So uh, I just thought if, if these work for me. And by the way, I took all of these principles from five mentors, right? Who taught me those principles and I applied them and they worked. Mm -hmm. And if people will just apply those principles, they work whether you want them to or not. You, you can't get out there and be interested in other people and not have that have a positive impact. I've never had anybody say, that guy's so interested in me and so interested in who I am and what I and so encouraging and so you know positive and, and his belief in me is so amazing. I just don't want to spend time with that person. I've never had that happen. <laughs> so uh yeah, so I I think that's uh that's been the the essence of what I've put there. And and really it was great for me because it, it helped me to clarify and it helped me to be able to leave a legacy for my family. Mm -hmm. My family, you know, oddly enough, they know what I did. Mm -hmm. 
but they never really realized how I did it. Oh, wow. And, and very interestingly, you know, and so, uh, so now they have, they have a, a packaged book that explains to them how I've accomplished what I've accomplished, how I've gone from, you know, uh, living with holes in my clothes and, and, uh, you know, barely getting by uh, to having million dollar homes and travel around the world to 51 countries and having a lifestyle that's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you know, because it, it just works. Mm -hmm. It just yeah. works. Yeah. So, so where can where can we find where can we find this book, uh, Dennis? The book is available on Amazon.com, uh, just under my name or or, or uh, under the title. Either way, maximizing you or yeah. or my name, Dennis yeah. Dowdell. Uh, you can find it on uh, Barnes and Noble and uh, other bookstores, and um, or you know people can go to uh, my website, which is maximizeyou.com, because that's what I want to do. I want to maximize the people that I encounter. Yeah. So maximizeyou.com, and there you can see some of the other uh, things, some of the things that I've done, and and uh, I'm available for coaching and mentoring, uh, yeah. seminars, uh, that type of thing, and just opportunities to be able to get out and and uh, just share how impactful these have been to me. Yeah. So, so, so the, the best day, best way to contact you is to uh, your website. Uh, yes, that would yeah. be the best way. Yeah. Okay. Great. Maximizeyou.com. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Dennis, for, for being a guest here on this podcast. It's, it's been so valuable, and I'm so thankful. Well, thanks so much for having me, and and uh, I'm just uh, thrilled to think of the impact that you're making and, and that you're going to be making in the, as the years ahead and as things grow, uh, because this is a message that uh, people not only need to hear, people want to hear. They're mm -hmm. looking for answers. Mm -hmm. And what you're providing here are answers that are going to help people uh, through their life and through their business. So that's excellent. Mm, thank you. Okay, dear viewers and listeners, viewers on, on YouTube and listeners on a podcast or Spotify or elsewhere, thank you for listening. And uh, uh, I hope you uh, subscribe to this podcast. And uh, until we meet next time, uh, yeah, we'll see. We see. Hope you, hope you see you then again. Bye-bye.